to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. <laughs> Today we are doing Phantasm Try 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you may have noticed from the name of the episode that we are doing a Who the Al is the Tall Man from Phantasm. But you may also recall that we've done that before. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact... That's an episode that we put out one year ago as of uh, this weekend, actually. So the weekend Uh we're recording this and putting it out, it was exactly a year ago. Yep. So why are we doing this again, Al? Because I did say one of his minions was the tall man. Yeah. So we went to talk about the tall man and a weird thing happened. Al told the entire story from the perspective of who he called Short Man. (laughs) Though he's called Tall Man in the movies, and I told Al we're doing Tall Man, you did Short Man. (laughs) So, uh, thinking that, yes, one of the dwarves, uh, if you've seen the movies, you know what I'm talking about, the robed dwarves, one of those guys was the Tall Man, but for some reason he's short and they call him Tall Man. I don't really remember. It's a bit vague. We purposely didn't listen to that episode again so that Al could tell a totally new story this time around. I do have a totally new story. Good. I did add some stuff to the story because we did watch, like, like a TV commercial for Phantasm right. that, like, told a lot about it. It so that- certainly seemed to, yeah. yeah. So this time around, we have, again, the Phantasm Blu-ray collection sitting out. I pulled yes. out the DVD for the first Phantasm movie. Have that standing out. Al how has not Phantasm, read anything. How many Phantasms are there? There are five. Okay. So, the only thing I've read is if this one doesn't scare you, you're already dead. It's a pretty <laughs> good tagline, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a couple things before we get into this, Alistair. One, this is the movie that Don Coscarelli made after he made Kenny and Company. His first film was Kenny and Company oh. that we watched at Cadavercade yes. this year. How'd you like that movie, by the way? I liked it a lot. I do recommend to watch that. And what was it about? Kenny? <laughs> it was basically about, like, the whole end of it was about this bully. Sure. It was about a kid whose name is Kenny and his friends. And, yeah, it's there's a bully that factors largely into it, but it's sort of... The Trials and Tribulations of a Group of Middle Schoolers, and it was Coscarelli's first film. You remember the scene near the end when they're in the haunted house? Yeah. Because the movie climaxes on Halloween. So at the end of the movie, they go into a haunted house. And at that point in the film, when he was screening it for an audience, Don Coscarelli saw audience members get really, really scared. And he thought, oh, I should be doing that. And so then what he did was he immediately went into making a horror film, which is kind of what he's done a lot of, though he made some other movies, certainly, but he's best known for 
Phantasm, which is a horror film. Mm -hmm. So he made this because of Kenny and Company. And you'll note, too, that the kid who you saw in the trailer and is on the cover here is also Kenny's best friend in the movie. Oh, which best friend? He has a lot of best friends. Well, no, like his best best friend. Like the one who's like doing the skateboard tricks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a Michael Baldwin who plays the kid who's on the cover here in Phantasm. Floating on a pole with knives. Yeah, floating on a knives ball. Absolutely. (laughs) I do have to say something. There's this place called Shudder and there's Joe Bob Briggs that dad's always watched. And there was this Christmas where it was Phantasm and he said... It's Phantasm. There's floating balls that are like Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. So not this last Christmas, but the Christmas before, yes. that was his Christmas marathon was the Phantasm movies because the balls were like ornaments. So he showed... The last one was... I think it was Halloween? No, he just did a uh, Christmas one, actually. He yeah, he just what did a Christmas it? one. He showed Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, and something else. I'm having a heck of a time remembering what it was. But for the October one, he did Halloween that I did get to stay up for the whole movie. Yeah, Al was working on his costume and ended up catching most of Halloween, so... Most of it? Yeah, I mean, like, you were watching it but working on your costume. Yeah, yeah, It was, like, playing in the background. Yeah. So, yes, I did get to see Halloween that I did do a Who the Al is on, so yes. Yep, you did the... Uh, Michael Myers episode for Halloween, and then, you know, it just so happened that Joe Bob showed it, so. Oh! I remember the other movie that Joe Bob showed was uh, Jack Frost about a killer snowman, so he did Black Christmas, Jack Frost, and Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. That was the marathon. Back to Phantasm. As you were saying before, we got sidetracked on things, which were Phantasm-related for the most part. You did watch for this one a trailer. Uh, which was a TV spot, which is, of course, TV safe, you know, able to be shown when kids are ideally up watching television with their parents in 1978. Promoting the film there on television was a 30-second spot that gave you some ideas, I think, right? Yes. Last time we recorded about Tall Man, all you had was this box set sitting in front of you, and then you had seen maybe, I don't know, three minutes of Phantasm that also, when it was on Joe Bob Briggs. And you we, saw the dwarf, though. That's why you got the idea for Short Man. I also realized that it was Phantasm because I saw the house. I recognized the house immediately as I saw him. Like, oh, this is Phantasm. I better watch so I can get ideas. So, yeah, you saw the funeral home with, and, like, the mausoleum or whatever from Phantasm and immediately recognized that from the couple minutes of the movie that you caught during the joe bob briggs marathon yeah because i saw also when i watched it i saw the like the guy going into like i saw him see the house and go into the basement and oh right right i forgot how the yeah i forgot how the place looks until i saw it again then i recognized it yeah yeah so i mean you saw the dwarf you saw uh, I also thought it the looked kid like go in the basement. I also thought it kind of looked like the first scene in one of the Ghoulies movies. Oh, the, the a little house? bit <laughs> Ghoulies ish. Yeah, sure, sure. Because rem- remember, yeah, the like, first Ghoulies. Yeah, because it takes place in a big mansion. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, for sure. Well, and Ghoulies also has uh, dwarves who are wearing robes, mm-hmm. so you know there's that similarity at least. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. 
you've got the ghoulie monsters, but in the first ghoulies, there are the two dwarves who serve the magician. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I forgot about I know about my those. ghoulies. I forgot about those guys. Moving on to our story here, I suppose. For real this time. For real, for real. <laughs> who the al is the tall man from Phantasm? Alistair, what do you know about the tall man? I also did want to say I said it was a knife ball. It's not a knife ball. It, like, the knives are, like, are its wings I see on the front. Then it has, like, this little nail. So, okay, so, you know, it's got, he's got the floating ball that's got knives. Yeah. I think Like, all knives for wings do. or whatever. Yeah, I think and they then, all do. Sure. So, they've got, like, knives on them or whatever, and then they've got maybe a, like, a nail, you said, or, like, yeah. a screw. Looks like a screw. Okay, I figured yeah. that's what you're talking about. Yeah, so, it's, it's got screw. the screw on it. So, it's got the, knives and a screw. Yeah. What else do you know about the tall man from either the covers or from that trailer that we saw? The TV spot. He can open doors with his mind, I guess? Okay, so there's some kind of supernatural stuff. His hand was at his side and a door just flung open. Okay, so something kind of magical or evil or something going on. Or maybe there was a secret like dwarf opening the door to make it look creepy. Oh, he's got some kind of uh, contraption or whatever to make it look creepy? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Okay, okay. Um, so he's maybe got supernatural powers, which adds up if he can make these floating balls fly around. He probably did have to make the balls or something. I mean, presumably somehow they got made. Yes. Um, what else do you know about him? He's tall. He, he is, is giant. tall. Oh, what a breakthrough. <laughs> we gi- did it. I think the, what makes him tall is his giant legs. So, <laughs> so you're saying the rest of him is regular size, but then he's just got really long legs. Yeah. Like he's on stilts. Yeah. I don't no, know about that. No, he's not on stilts. He has long legs. <laughs> he does have long legs, but he's also got a long torso. Okay. Uh, Angus Grimm, the performer who plays the tall man, was a very, very tall man indeed. So what else do you know? Like for certain from the trailers. He can go out of the house since I saw him chasing okay. our main character. Mm-hmm. I saw the balls basically can fly really fast. And what do you think they do, the balls? I think Tallman just, like, sends the balls. Like, this specific ball, go kill this guy. Okay, so he uses them to go kill specific people. Yeah. Okay, okay. But sometimes he wants to kill the person. Oh, sometimes he wants to do it himself. Yeah. And so where did the dwarves factor into all this? The dwarves are just supposed to just, like, basically kill them. Just kind of like the ball. Oh, okay. But kind of like the balls. So he's basically got three ways of killing people. He's got the balls. He's got himself. He can go kill people if he really, really wants to. And he's got the dwarves to do it for him, too. He sent the dwarves first. Like the first wave. Yeah, and then... Like, basically in Plants vs. Zombies, like, the first wave, then there's the flag, where, like, it's a bunch of... Gotcha. Like, yeah, so... And you can hear more about Plants vs. Zombies in our gory gaming episode yes. on uh, Patreon, if you're a patron. So, you know, we've talked extensively about that and the rules therein, but, yeah, kind of like that, right? It, they maybe come in waves. You got the dwarves first, and if you deal with the dwarves, then you got to deal with the flying balls or something, yeah, right? And, and then, then he's like the main boss, sort of? Basically. Okay. 
Yeah, and then, like, if they get through the ball that's really rare, then he would go and kill them. But sometimes he just sends the ball. Sometimes he just sends the dwarves. Sometimes okay. he he just goes himself. Right, a tool for every job. Tool for every job, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so we've got this. four oh. ways, actually. Okay, four because ways. there's the waves, and then there's the balls, dwarves, and him. Okay, so he can send out individually, or he can just come at you full force, dwarves, flying balls with knives and drills on them or whatever, uh, and then himself. He can come at you full force or individually, depending on, you know, again, what you need. So a tool for every job. I also used to think, didn't see the ball at the bottom when I used to see it. So when I heard about the dwarves. On the of the collection? Yeah, because when I went to the room, sometimes I saw it, I didn't see that ball, and I thought that basically before I knew that the balls had knives, I thought that like the dwarves came out of those like they were eggs. I used to think that. What do you think is in the balls, or how do you think the balls work? I think it's like, I think there's like knives inside them. Like, everything's inside them, uh-huh. and then when he needs to, like, he, and then all, like, there's a little closing, then there's an opening where the knives come out. Okay. And then there's, like, an opening where the little, like, nail drill comes out. So, how do you think they work, though? How do you think they fly? I think they fly by, like, his supernatural powers. Okay, like, like we talked about. supernatural powers, like, part of the supernatural powers from him are in them so that they can fly. So where does he get his supernatural powers, do you think? Uh, Let me ask you this first. Where do you think he comes from? I think he was, like, born in the house. Like, he's been around the house because there was, like, a graveyard, and he's never went beyond there. Okay, so he's from this spooky house with the graveyard. Yeah. Okay, so then he's lived there his whole life. Mm-hmm. Where did he get the supernatural powers from in the history of his life? Was he born with them or he did he born. develop them? Yeah, he was born with them. So how was he born with them? Why? So like a long, long, long time ago in like his past, somebody had the, the supernatural powers that person that was like a long time ago in his mm-hmm. past had the powers and since he had that person had the powers it's been passed on so like one of his ancestors okay like so he's like the ancestor great. of a magician <laughs> so like a great 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 grandfather or something like that yeah okay gotcha because gotcha gotcha so like generations before somebody had magical powers he inherited them but he's never been outside of this graveyard. So No, because basically he's trapped. Okay, unless he decides to leave to go kill somebody, you're saying. No, to kill somebody, they have to be inside there. Oh, they have to come to the mortuary where he lives and has always lived. And so like basically he has control of the grounds, you're saying. So like the house and the cemetery around it, he can go outside there. But if he needs to kill somebody outside of the graveyard, he sends... Like, only the only thing that can go outside is the dwarves, because part of his magical powers are in the balls. There's like a force field, basically, around there that okay. magical powers from him can't get around. Gotcha, gotcha. I should say before we keep going here that you may hear some... Uh, weird, creaky noises or whatever throughout this episode, and you've probably heard them already. Our neighbors are walking around a lot above us, and try though we might, 
there goes somebody right now. Try though we might to pause around there running around. I mean, they've been going the whole time we've tried to record yeah. and it'll take us three hours <laughs> otherwise. So we'll keep going and try to pause for the major loudness. Apologies for whatever you're hearing, stomping around wise. But to continue, Alistair, the tall man lives in the mortuary. He has dominion over the mortuary and the graveyard. He can send the dwarves outside of the graveyard to kill people if he needs to. But he and the balls are stuck inside the mortuary and graveyard. I did want to say that it's not just passed on so that the powers stay. The powers are literally passed on. Once... Once they have a kid, the powers go to the kid from the person. From the parent. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have the powers. So they lose it. They could go out. Oh, so you have to have a kid to give the powers to, and then you can leave the graveyard. Gotcha. All right. So let's move on from this mythology here, if you don't mind, so that we don't run too terribly long on this episode. And it may come up a little bit more, and you can elaborate a little bit more as need be. But I want to ask you this. You said we have this main character, who's this kid. The kid from Kenny and Company, Kenny's friend from Kenny and Company, played by A. Michael Baldwin. What is his story? He's our main character. The bad guy is the tall man with his dwarves and the orbs. What's the story of this kid? What's the kid's name? Who is he? What's going on? I also did want to say one more thing about the tall man. Okay, really quickly, then let's get into the story. How they got, how people got into there is because his mother um, realized that he was taking it, like, really seriously. People were dying because of the dwarves. He told everybody about him. Oh, his mother warned everybody the tall man's evil? Yeah. Okay, so his mother tells everybody the tall man's evil. Nobody knew about him before, but now he's evil. And we've got this kid. How does the kid factor into all of this? What's his name? Who is he? What's he about? He's like like an older kid. He's in high school. Okay. And what's like, his name? Johnny. Johnny. Okay. So his name is Johnny. So we got Johnny. Johnny played by A. Michael Baldwin in Al's version of Phantasm. What do you think Johnny's story so, is? Um, The school shut down because he was a high schooler. Because the principal knew about it, he shut it down. Okay. His parents told him to stay in the house, and since his mom died when he was seven days old, okay, his father was in the military. Okay. One day there was a war. This is like when he figures out the tall man's there. Like there's this like war that's starting. Mm-hmm. So his dad's at war. That's the last time we see the dad until. The, like, the end end of the movie. Okay, so the dad comes back at the end. And then he decides, I'll go to that house. Okay, why does he go there? Because he wants to see if the tall man's real. Okay, so this is one of those scenarios where a kid's been told there's a boogeyman that lives in this house, and he's like, no way, I don't believe in the tall man. So he goes to check it out himself. Yeah, and then he sees a dwarf... Then the dwarf ones are, runs away, so he tries to chase him, and then he goes into a room. Then the dwarf's not there, so he comes to come out. Then the door swings open, and the tall man's right there. And then he runs and basically opens the window and jumps out. So now the tall man knows, this kid knows I exist. He broke into my house. Tall man's probably not happy with him, huh? No, no, no. So what not. does the tall man do? So, basically... The kid gets over his fears and goes to fight. He gets out and goes to all his friends' his house. 
and he tells them all about it, and then they all go to his house to show them that he's real. And then so they like all, a monster squad situation. Basically, but they okay. all run away, then they get over their fears, and they go, like, a year later, basically. They don't have weapons, but, like, they technically made weapons, so they go in to fight, like, the tall man and his dwarves. Okay, that's cool. They basically have these, like, fake ninja stars. They're not ninja stars. They're, like, sloppy ninja stars because they tried to make them. They made them themselves, yeah, yeah. Because they just took a big piece of metal and just tried to melt parts of it off. Sure. So they threw it at the ball, and it just destroyed the ball because the balls are not made out of metal. They're just supposed to look like they're made out of metal. But they're actually basically made out of, like, goop. Oh, I see. So they're, like, a living organism kind of a thing. Yeah, and then it went through the thing and tagged it to the wall, mm-hmm. and then it just basically melted because the ninja star was too hot. All they right. realized it was too hot, so they had gloves on to throw the. So ninja these are stars. fresh ninja stars, fresh makeshift ninja stars, hot off of uh, being melted down. <laughs> yes. Right. They basically set up a workshop to make ninja stars inside the mausoleum. Yeah, but they also. Okay. Not just ninja stars. One of their friends told them there was a safe with a gun in it. So they tried every password they could find until they got the password. So now the kids have a gun. Yeah. All right. (laughs) And then they started just shooting dwarves that... Yeah, the little dwarf monsters. Mm -hmm. Okay. That when they hit it, their capes blew off. And then, of course... (laughs) Kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi in uh, Star Wars. They just kind of dissolve. They just disappear. Well, no, they didn't really. They're just... Um, their cape came off, and then oh. fell out was just literally a skeleton. Oh, they're like skeletons of... in, in cloaks? Okay. Yeah, so to look like they're alive, but they're actually skeletons. So these you're saying are skeletons that the tall man has put in yes, cloaks. Because Where did he get the skeletons? Because, you know, it's by a graveyard. He took them out and basically took all the skin off of the zombies to make them skeletons. Mm-hmm. And then he, to get the dwarves, he sent dwarves to take the kids and kill the kids mm-hmm. so that he could have tiny skeletons and big <laughs> skeletons. Okay, so now he, so he doesn't just have dwarves, he also has tall zombies on his side. Tall, tall skeletons. Tall skeletons, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay, that's cool. So, do the kids win in the end? Yeah. All right, so <laughs> they then- They try to, I'll tell you, they try to shoot tall man, but it doesn't hit him. It's mm-hmm. like metal hitting, like a bullet hitting metal. And then they try to shoot him again, but they realize they're out of bullets. Okay. Because they had like five. So is he made of metal? Is the tall man metal? No, he just, he's not made out of metal. He just, his powers okay. make him so he can't be. Like his force field. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not a force field, just he can't be hurt by guns. Okay. So they use the ninja stars, and then he sends all his little balls, and they just start throwing ninja stars. But then they realize they're out of ninja stars, and there's no bullets in the gun. And then all they have is just some scrap piece of sharp, like, little metal things that they just start stabbing the balls with. But then the... Like, in the air, hitting them with the the metal? Yeah, but... They only have, like, three of those, so they hit three balls, and there was only three left. And when they hit the balls, the metal just literally disappeared, and the ball disappeared. Oh, so now it's sort of more magical, spooky stuff, things vanishing. 
All right. And then... What happens with the tall man in the, the end? The tall man uses, like, his supernatural powers to, like, lift up things and throw them. But, like, since the kids, there's, like, there's five of them? Okay, five so kids. Now they have to do, like, literal wrestling with a giant man that's basically his torso is basically kind of made out of metal. Yeah, but, like, magically impervious. Yeah. yeah. So then the kids, the kids, like, literally hand-in-hand hand fight him. One of the kids sneaks away and then comes back with a loaded gun. Then the tall man turns around and then gun, two-face, dead. Shoots him in the head. Gotcha. So then the tall man's down and out. Kids win. Save the day. Mm-hmm. How does he come back in the sequel, do you think? Basically, um, since he has supernatural powers, he's yeah. like the rest of his dwarves come in. They basically form him. Oh, they create a new one out of themselves? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then he's, of course, harder to kill because he's basically made out of bones now. Yeah. And then it's a supernatural Kind of like in power. Bone Eater. Jim Wynorski's Bone Eater. The big skeleton. You don't remember that? No, I don't. Uh, we'll have to watch that. Maybe cover it on the show sometime. Dude, that's a great story. Very Kenny and Company inspired. That's what I like about this. It's clearly got that Kenny and Company feel to it because Kenny and Company is about, obviously, a group of friends working together to overcome, you know, the bullies and stuff in their school. And you just kind of transferred that story with kind of a Monster Squad thing over to Phantasm. And I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. Anything else to say about that? Do you want to know what you got right? Yes. Okay. So obviously there was stuff that you knew you got right because yeah, it was in like the trailer the and things. Uh, the dwarves are actually made out of bodies that come into the mortuary by the tall man. And he has tall and short undead servants. Oh. They aren't skeletons, but he does but, have like zombies because you use yeah. the word zombies and they are basically zombies that he's using. So, so good call. Huh. And he does send them out to kill and do his bidding and stuff like that. Yes. And so he I, is very hard to kill, <laughs> needless to say, because obviously there's five movies in here, you know. Yes. Great job, man. I like that story. You actually get, got I, his height right this time. Yes. <laughs> He's tall and not and short. And I did actually get a lot of the stuff that I wouldn't think was right, right. Mm. That there was like, there were basically undead from the, like, the graveyard, that there was big and small. I yeah. wouldn't think of that. But even still, even though I've told you a little bit about the movie, this movie is filled with so much weird stuff you can't even begin to imagine. So I'm not going to tell you about it all because I'm going to let you wait. And when you get older and watch it, <laughs> let it be a surprise. But I think between these two episodes, you've told two very interesting and very different stories. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, I'll put the link to the first version of this in the show notes. But they are very, very different because that one was, of course, about a short man who's trying to become a tall man. And it was a very different story. Um, so I'll put that in the show notes. But good job, man. Yeah. Let us know what you think, everybody. And obviously help, you know, share the episode out. Get, yeah. get word out about the show. Uh, we want to, at this point, give shout outs to our patrons. Al, you want to help me here? Where can people go to become patrons if they want to become patrons of the show and support us? In these weird endeavors. Patreon.com slash word salad. So, yeah, because it's January and, you know, we want to start the year off with some recognition there and also 
talk a little bit about things that we got coming up on Patreon. Thank you very much to Chris Bieberstein. Gregory Parker. Jeffrey Owens. Jennifer Kohler. Julio Mendoza. Raymond Gardner. The Real Feels Podcast. Drew. <laughs> Drew, that's right. <laughs> and Sarah Wright. Test Patron. Pattern. Test Pattern. Test the, Pattern. <laughs> the Magnar. Trevor. I can't say it. <laughs> Stephanick. Wasteland Emperor. And Tony Vandenbosch. So thank you to all of our patrons. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash word salad. As little as a dollar a month gets you access to exclusive content. Uh, I do a Patreon exclusive show there called Cinemuck that's a lot of fun. I have rotating guests. We watch two movies. Um, although our next episode, if all things go well, is going to be about four movies. Alistair does a show over there called... Not So Creepy Critters. Yep, and we've got another episode that we'll be recording hopefully in the next week for Not-So-Creepy Critters. Al did an episode about otters that is really fascinating. I learned a lot from it. We do a show called Gory Gaming, which is a Cadavercast spinoff over there. So lots more content, uh, things that we do, of course, with Word Salad Radio, our good friend Joe, who I've known since high school, Word Salad Radio and Cadavercast are supported by patrons on patreon.com slash wordsalad. It's a big help. It really keeps us motivated to keep going (laughs) because our lives are very busy. And as we mentioned on the last episode, there is the off chance that we may have to put this show down to one episode a month for the time being. We'll see. We're still hoping to put out two a month, but... Really having people supporting us, not just on Patreon, but everywhere online does really keep us motivated to keep going. So, like, if you can't support us on Patreon, uh, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and uh, Stitcher, wherever you can rate and review us, those are a big help. If we see your review (laughs) posted and we check Apple Podcasts often, Al will read it on the show. If Al doesn't read it on the show and you're like, why didn't Al read it? Hit us up. Tell us that we missed your review, and Al will read it on the show, especially if it's on some other place that we don't think about getting ratings and reviews. Um, You can, of course, share out the episode. Just post it on Twitter or Facebook, wherever. That's a big help. Follow us on social media. Engage with other fans. All of this stuff helps us out, helps grow the listenership, because we are a show that has grown very much by word of mouth, and we really love that. You know, we don't Put it, we don't put a ton of money into like advertising or something like that, you know, and we're not famous people to begin with. So, you know, that a father and son team like ourselves can grow as much as we have over the years, though certainly not to, you know, massive levels of stardom or something crazy like that. It's still incredibly humbling and we appreciate it. And uh, I've been thinking about that a lot here at the beginning of 2020 going into this new decade with this project still going that we started when you were four. Yeah, so now I'm eight. It's crazy, right? We've been doing this like half your life. Soon. Very soon you will have been doing this podcast for half of your life. Yeah. How crazy is that? Really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Alistair, anything to add on that? Nope, m- me neither. You could say no, though, because... No. There we go. Our <laughs> listeners can't see you shaking your head like a madman. Social I- media. Alistair, where can they find us on social media? On Instagram at? 
CadaverCast. On Twitter at... Cadaver underscore cast. And on Facebook? At the CadaverCast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. And if you need to send us an email, you can email us any thoughts, suggestions, complaints, questions, I don't know, whatever, at... CadaverCast.gmail.com. And until next time, everybody, Alistair, why don't you get us signed out here? Okay. You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.